Freedom and Virtue Institute presents Readings in the Freedom and Virtue Tradition, hosted by Director of Research Kevin Schmiesing. I'd like to welcome you to a new series of podcasts for the Freedom and Virtue Institute, Readings in the Freedom and Virtue Tradition. In this series, I'll be introducing and reading excerpts from classic works in what we'll be calling the Freedom and Virtue Tradition. These are authors who have shaped the worldview that is at the foundation of the Freedom and Virtue Institute. If you're thinking there's no such thing as a Freedom and Virtue Tradition, you are in one sense correct. There's no such body of thought so named that appears in the historiography of Western civilization, philosophy, or political thought. But the Freedom and Virtue Institute is animated by a set of ideas, a somewhat eclectic mix that draws from various identifiable traditions of thought, classical liberalism, natural law, Christian social thought, free market economics, political and cultural conservatism, among others. In this series, I'll be highlighting readings from all of these streams, helping to elucidate key elements in the massive body of wisdom that informs what I've designated the Freedom and Virtue Tradition. One quick note regarding intellectual property rights. I intend to use predominantly resources that are in the public domain, but where I can't confirm that, I will make a good faith effort to obtain permission to reproduce the material in this way. If any listener notices a potential copyright infringement, please contact me so I can rectify the situation. We begin with Frederick Bastiat, whose Broken Pain Anecdote is a classic text in free market economics though its relevance extends beyond economics to social life more generally, the point being that in decision-making, economic or otherwise, the weighing of costs and benefits must extend beyond a superficial glance at the obvious effects, and consider, as Bastiat puts it, what is unseen, in this case, actions foregone, or in the economic terminology, opportunity cost. Frederick Bastiat, 1801 to 1850, was a French economist of the liberal school, meaning classical liberal, not politically left. The excerpt to follow is from his pamphlet, What is Seen and What is Not Seen, though I am using the text as presented in the introduction to Harmonies of Political Economy translated from the third edition of the French with a notice of the life and writings of the author by Patrick James Sterling, as reproduced on the Project Gutenberg website. broken pain. Have you ever had occasion to witness the fury of the honest Burgess, Jacques Bonhomme, when his scapegrace son has broken a pane of glass? If you have, you cannot fail to have observed that all the bystanders, were there thirty of them, lay their heads together to offer the unfortunate proprietor this never-failing consolation. There is some good in every misfortune. Such accidents give a fillet to trade. Everybody must live. If no windows were broken, what would become of the glaciers? Now this formula of condolence contains a theory which it is proper to lay hold of flagrante delicto in this very simple case, because it is exactly the same theory which unfortunately governs the greater part of our economic institutions. Assuming that it becomes necessary to expend six francs in repairing the damage, if you mean to say that the accident brings in six francs to the glacier, and to that extent encourages his trade, I grant it fairly and frankly, and allow that you reason justly. 
The glazier arrives, does his work, pockets his money, rubs his hands, and blesses the scapegrace son. This is what we see. But if by way of deduction you come to conclude, as is too often done, that it is a good thing to break windows, that it makes money circulate, and that encouragement to trade in general is the result, I am obliged to cry halt. Your theory stops at what we see, and takes no account of what we don't see. We don't see that since our Burgess has been obliged to spend his six francs on one thing, he can no longer spend them on another. We don't see that if he had not had this pain to replace, he would have replaced, for example, his shoes, which are down at the heels, or placed a new book on his shelf. In short, he would have employed his six francs in a way in which he cannot now employ them. Let us see, then, how the account stands with trade in general. The pain being broken, the glazier's trade is benefited to the extent of six francs. This is what we see. If the pain had not been broken, the shoemakers, or some other trade, would have been encouraged to the extent of six francs. This is what we don't see. And if we take into account what we don't see, which is a negative fact, as well as what we do see, which is a positive fact, we shall discover that trade in general, or the aggregate of national industry, has no interest one way or other, whether windows are broken or not. Let us see again how the account stands with Jacques Bonhomme. On the last hypothesis, that of the pane being broken, he spends six francs and gets neither more nor less than he had before, namely the use and enjoyment of a pane of glass. On the other hypothesis, namely that the accident had not happened, he would have expended six francs on shoes, and would have had the use and enjoyment both of the shoes and of the pane of glass. Now, as the good Burgess, Jacques Bonhomme, constitutes a fraction of society at large, we are forced to conclude that society, taken in the aggregate, and after all accounts of labor and enjoyment have been squared, has lost the value of the pain which has been broken. Whence, on generalizing, we arrive at this unexpected conclusion, that society loses the value of things uselessly destroyed, and we arrive also at this aphorism, which will make the hair of the prohibitionists stand on end, that to smash, break, and dissipate is not to encourage national industry, or, more briefly, that there is no profit in destruction. The reader will take notice that there are not two persons only, but three in the little drama to which we have called his attention. One of them, namely Jacques Bonhomme, represents the consumer, reduced by destruction to one enjoyment in place of two. The glazier represents the producer, whose trade is encouraged by the accident. The third is the shoemaker, or some other tradesman, whose trade is discouraged to the same extent by the same cause. It is this third personage who is always kept in the shade, and who, as representing what we don't see, is a necessary element in the problem. It is he who enables us to discover how absurd it is to try to find profit in destruction. It is he who will soon teach us that it is not less absurd to try to discover profit in restriction, which is, after all, only partial destruction. Go to the bottom of all the arguments which are urged in favor of restriction, and you will find only a paraphrase of the vulgar saying, If no windows were broken, what would the glaziers do? Thank you for listening to this production of the Freedom and Virtue Institute. To offer feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please contact Kevin Schmeising by email. 
kevin at fbinstitute.org.